Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, December 16, 2022. Today we're reading from the big book, and we agnostics, page 49, the second paragraph. We who have traveled this dubious path and ending, we should have sought ourselves. And we're reading one paragraph. All right, today's readers are for the 12 steps Zoe N, 12 traditions Kelly K. Reading the text is Sherry D. Page 164 is Colleen M. Our backup readers is Marie M. Newcomer readers Sandy K. And second hour host is Karen K. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, December 15, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. 19,756, 19756, 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 19,757. All right, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting neither soliciting or out, uh, accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public, private, or organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Zoe Ann to read the 12 steps. Star one, Zoe. Maybe star one again, please. Can't hear you. Hi, Zoe Ann. Can you hear me now? Okay. Perfect. Um, Step one, uh, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continues to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'll now ask Kelly Kay to read the 12 traditions. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. So today we're back in the big book, obviously. We agnostics, page 49, second paragraph. We who have traveled this dubious path, ending with we should have sought.
exalt ourselves for one paragraph only. So I'm going to ask Shara D to start us off today. Thank you so much. Good morning, tribe. It's Sherry D. Compulsive overeater in Maryland, and I will try to make sure that my voice is heard over my heart that is pounding right now. (laughs) We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually-minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. Wow. This is a pretty powerful paragraph. You know, I love... um, When I have those times that I get to read the big book together with my sponsor, she'll actually mention how there's just not a wasted word. And wow, this paragraph um, proves that true for me. Uh, In that first sentence, the dubious path, I love how uh, people look up words and give definitions of the words and dubious is hesitating or doubting not to be relied upon or suspect. And in the first sentence, prejudice is also used. And, and the, 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 the definition that I've seen before is preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. And, and the reason I have a problem with that there is I feel like I did have an opinion that was based on actual experience. I was raised in a, in a, you know, a religious family And from a very early age, I remember my mom with my brother and I, who was a year younger than I, every night we would hit our knees and she would recite a prayer with us. And over the years, we would get to where we would remember parts of this prayer. And then when I was five years old, the magic happened. She came in, I was five, my brother was four. And she said, I'm not going to say the prayer with you tonight. You're going to do it yourself. And I started saying the prayer and I got about halfway through and I forgot the words and I started over and I forgot and I started over and I finally made it through the prayer. And that night I fell asleep and I woke up in the middle of the night in the middle of the night and I had the worst nightmare. It was so horrible. It was such a horrible nightmare. And in that moment, I said, you are being punished for not being perfect by God. And that was the experience that I had. And that was the relationship I had with my God when I was a child. It was coming into this program and listening to the people who had several experiences the same as mine and were able to look beyond that 
and find a higher power that they knew loved them unconditionally, would be there no matter what, would always have their back. And, and it's in this program that I'm also taught, it's really easy to look at other people, criticize them, put them down, because then I don't have to look at myself. But this program begs me to look at myself. In that first step, I am powerless. I am absolutely powerless. In that second step, being willing, understanding that there's a power out there that's greater than me. And in the third step, knowing that that power will always have my back. And I found that by continuing to come back to these meetings. And I will be forever grateful for everyone in this group. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. So we're going to open up the line for sharing. And uh, although we value experience, we ask that you let me share it every third day. Uh, so I'll just get a chance to share. So if you share it on Wednesday or Thursday, just please step back. And if you can, one at a time, please. I know it's tough with unmuting and all. So who would like to share on page 49? Reva P. Reva. Donna K. Ohio. Donna. Colleen M. Maryland. All right, Colleen. Matthew G. Amy G. Matthew G. Amy G. Julie P. Julie. Who else? Trisha C. Trisha C. That's a pretty good list. We got Reba P, Donna K, Colleen Colleen M, Matthew G, Amy G, Julie P, and Trisha C. All right, Reba, start us off. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. And yes, I did travel that dubious, doubtful, uncertain path um, about whether God could and would. And I still do sometimes. And that's, that's um, how 10, 11, and 12 helped me uncover these old beliefs that are still there. Um, but what strikes me a lot is the words observe, demonstrate, and seek. And what did I observe when I first came in? And what do I observe now? that the people who have what I want, and you know, it wasn't just about the food. I wanted peace. I just wanted peace in my head. I just wanted peace in my soul. And people who demonstrated then and demonstrate now stability, happiness, and usefulness have this, have this power, have this relationship with power. And that is so attractive. And that's, that's what I want. Um, and it's not just enough to observe. I need to demonstrate. I need to actually do <laughs> what they do to get what they get. Um, and, um, and then constantly seeking, like we've talked about in previous paragraphs. Um, and um, it gives purpose and meaning to my life. And what I thought my purpose was, you know, my, my little plans and designs, um, 
yeah, like, you know, the five-year resume plan, um, that became so shallow and empty. Um, and now it doesn't really matter what I do. Everything has purpose if it's in alignment with this power. Um, so I am so grateful that um, as long as I keep putting one step you know, ahead of the other, just doing what I need to do, God slowly, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly reveals to me what the old ideas are. Um, and I don't have to, um, I used to say I let go with like finger claw marks on, you know, letting go of old ideas. Now it's a lot more gentle. It's like, you know, honey, these are not working for you. Why don't we go over here? <laughs> um, and um, definitely the concept of higher power changes as I do the work. Um, anyway, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Reva. Next up is Donna Kay, followed by Colleen N. Good morning, Donna Kay from Ohio. Uh, thank you for your service. Um, recovered. I'm so grateful. Um, the reading today really speaks to me. Um, the the whole spiritual part of my program has. Uh, just blossomed in the last three years uh, with this meeting. I'm so uh, appreciative of helping me, being helped to work through that, uh, the spiritual leg of the program. Uh, it's just made all the difference in the world. Uh, I was raised um, uh, with 12 years education in a, with a religious background through all 12 years of elementary and high school. And um, just became very close-minded over behaviors uh, and different things with uh, that particular organized religion, and just threw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> Everything. Um, it's just not that way anymore. I can see more clearly now that it it is just it's how people perceive and 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 we each have our own perception. And I'm just grateful that there's a broad broad area, a uh, broad hoop uh, to, to jump through. There's a break, and I can get in there and really trust that there is a higher power that may not fit into any building or any, any you know, any, uh, I don't know, any particular ritual, uh, but I'm very grateful that um, I believe that my higher power is there um, in nature, and um, I, I trust it, and I have turned a lot of things over, and I've given up fighting it, and giving up the fight for me has been the biggest part, so I'm really grateful, and uh, I love this. This is a beautiful, beautiful paragraph. Um, I'll throw the baby out with bath water. All right. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Donna. Next up is Colleen M., followed by Matthew G. Hey, Russ, thank you for your service. This is yeah. Colleen M. from Maryland, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And um, I just needed to jump in and get out of my own space. But I, I loved a couple of these paragraphs. Uh, we who have traveled this dubious path beg of you to lay aside your prejudice. And I would just like to beg people to lay aside their prejudice. I spent a lot of years suffering because of my prejudices um, and the lies that I told myself and believed about who my higher power was and who he wasn't. And I, I call my higher, higher God 
um, I say he, but I don't really have a concept of what that higher power is other than it is all loving, all powerful, and it's not me. So, um, and the other thing I liked about this paragraph was where it talked about spiritual-minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. I've had many people in my life that have been spiritually minded and um, stable and happy and useful. And the years I spent in my disease, I I might have been useful, but I certainly was not spiritual, uh, stable, or happy. You know, I did a lot of the things that I did and accomplished a lot of things I accomplished because I was trying to feel okay about who I was. Uh, today, I don't have to do that because of this work and the connection that I've been able to get to my higher power because I was able to lay aside my prejudices and um, be willing to look at things differently. Um, my thoughts and emotions have been transformed. And today, I, I do things because I believe it's my higher power's will, and I leave the outcomes to my higher power. And I do have this joyfulness and this freedom that I could have never in my wildest dreams imagined. And it's all because of this this program and the work that I've done. I've trusted when people told me that it worked, and I, I followed the directions. And I just want to thank everyone <clears throat> for saving my life today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Colleen. Next up is Matthew G. followed by Amy G. Hi, my name is Matthew, Matthew G. I'm a compulsive eater in Paris, France, and I'm so grateful for this meeting. Everybody doing service and all you guys, it's just awesome. I'm learning so much. I'm abstinent. I found so much serenity and finding and continuing to seek a power greater than myself that I've found and that I find in these 12 steps. I was so desperate when I came to these rooms that I had all the willingness and open-mindedness needed. And um, I'm just grateful for that. I had no, no, uh, I had no, I had no concession at all, God or religion or anything. So I was completely willing to, to, um, to believe and work the steps to the best of my ability from day one. Um, um, I, um, this paragraph, um, gives me hints of what I need to strive for. You know, um, I need to strive to, to, to demonstrate a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness. Wow. It's a wonderful, beautiful, tall order. And I'm, I'm here for it. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> and I'm a compulsive overeater. And then I, that I, that I get to, that I get to practice these steps in all my affairs. Um, and like yesterday's paragraph, you know, also gave me wonderful hints. You know, I need to strive. I need to, I need to strive to, to, to look at myself, to, to, to regard myself as an intelligent agent, a spearhead of God, of God's ever-advancing creation. Ever-advancing creation, that means it's still happening, you know, right here and now. Um, yeah, I just love, you know, the hints that we get 
these morsels, these nuggets of hints that I get, you know, signposts, you know, reminding me, hey, you know, we have to, I have to, to try to serve God as best I can, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm God's instrument, you know, and these steps allow me to, 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 to become a better instrument, to get rid of all my fears and, and character defects that stand in the way of myself being useful to, 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 to my God. Love you all so much. Thank you, everybody, all of you, especially my awesome sponsor. Bye. Have a wonderful day. I pass. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate you. All right. Before we have Amy G up on here, let's uh, let you know where we're at. We're in We Agnostics, page 49, the second paragraph, and just that paragraph. We who have traveled this dubious path. So, Amy G, in the place to be, come on with it. Good morning, Ross. Happy Friday, everyone. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. So I don't know if it means anything or not, but I love doing this kind of stuff. So there's 40 musts in the first 164 pages. There's 12 suggestions, but there's only two times where Bill says the word beg. It's on this page, 49, in this paragraph. It's also on page 58, where we beg of you to be fearless. And when I think of the word beg, like others said, look it up in the dictionary, you know, earnestly, humbly, you know, prostrating oneself or humiliating oneself to beg of them to do something or to get something. And to me, I like to think that they're begging us to say, hey, please, please, please hear what we're saying here to lay aside that prejudice, that dubious, suspect, untrue path. We beg of you to lay it aside and look for the good instead of focusing on the bad, you know, the glass half full instead of half empty. I mean, this is a program of spiritual, uh, sorry, this is a program of ego reduction, and it's a spiritual malady. So, of course, I have to lay aside what I've experienced or what I've known before because my way isn't working. And like they say here, faith that have given purpose and direction to millions, it was the same thing for me. I could look at how well I was doing in life, by worshiping porcelain, purging 10 and 12 times a day, or I could look at those in whom the problem had been solved and say, well, it looks like they, they're, they are experiencing a degree of stability and happiness and usefulness. I mean, I could see it in their eyes. I can hear it on the voices on the line today, right? And whom the problem has been solved. What was my choice to be? Page 25 says, you know, we, it's a turning point. We, there's no middle of the road solution. I either pick up the kit of spiritual tools laid at my feet or I continue to binge and purge into oblivion. That's really how I see it. There is no middle of the road. So I have to be willing to lay aside that prejudice of what I think I know. And all I need to do is to be open, right? If they're begging for me to just be open, that's what we've been talking about. Paragraph after paragraph, it just takes being honest, willing, and open. The who of the program, willing, honest, open, right? The who of the program then I will find that higher power. It will evolve through the process of putting down the food and working these 12 steps. So I trust in whom millions have gone before that have this degree of stability and usefulness. I have to because I have no other choice. I am a compulsive eater. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right, Darian. Thank you very much. So next up is Julie P., Followed by Tricia C. And then we're going to take another list. Good morning, everybody. 
recovered in uh, snowy Minnesota. This is Julie P. Very, very grateful to have power this morning. Yesterday I learned what powerlessness, another form of powerlessness really is. Um, And I am so grateful for the layers of the onion that continue to peel. You know, I didn't really connect a lot with this, this chapter other than how am I being agnostic today? And I am just sitting here thinking about a few words, prejudice, race, creed, color, human frailties. You know, I have a lot of old tapes that kept running and running and running in my head. I would watch my family members put on their suit coats and their Sunday best and get up and go to church on Sunday morning. And I would watch them come home Sunday afternoon and take off those clothes and with it, anything else that resembled what was supposed to be love and care and kindness. I was raised in a home where if you were not Lutheran and white, you just didn't belong and you were not worthy of anything. And I am so eternally grateful that those tapes have stopped because it is so far from the truth and what that higher power is all about. And I am so grateful for those of you in the program that have loved me and have not abandoned me. All of those people with those wonderful suit coats and Sunday Easter best are the ones that walked out of my life at the age of 10. And that's where the prejudice came from. Well, if I go to church every Sunday, that's what's going to happen. And I am so grateful that I don't have to listen to those tapes anymore. And I have, this program has taught me to really trust and and I get to conceive what that higher power is. And in Minnesota today, I'm grateful my higher power came roaring down my driveway in two feet of snow on a snowmobile to pick me up. And I surrender to Ralph. I call him Ralph. And I'm so grateful. And recovery is amazing. And I'm wishing you all a blessed day. And with that, I'll pass. All right there, Julie Page. Next up is Trisha C. And then we'll take a list. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, everyone. This is Trisha C., recovered compulsive eater in New Hampshire. Um, I'm so grateful for this meeting and grateful for a snow day in New Hampshire that I can share and be with all of you. And um, I just love this paragraph. You know, again, everyone's pointing out, uh, beg you to lay aside prejudice. Well, my own prejudice got in a way, I mean, I thought I knew stuff. That's my prejudice. I thought I knew. I mean, I was an elder. I was the wife of a pastor. And I was dying inside and I'll just explain it this way being in the food made me hate myself that's the promise of the first step for me is the minute I got out of the food I stopped hating myself and uh, I realized I was, you know you can't serve two masters and I was serving food um, 
The other thing is about other people's faith. I mean, I saw people who said they believed, but they weren't very nice um, or they weren't treating people well. And, you know, they say faith without works is dead. Well, why? The big book says that. Well, because faith is demonstrated in the works. And so if someone says they have faith and they're not showing it, do they really have faith? Did I really have faith? Am I doing things out of gratitude to my higher power? And I'll just, this thing about demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness. Where is this happening in my life? I'll just say the most stability, happiness, and usefulness is regarding the food. The food is the quietest thing in my life right now. And why is that? And, and usefulness in a way. Why is that? Because I've actually turned it over to God and I've surrendered and God, I've given that. I trust and rely. But, you know, where am I not demonstrating the stability, happiness, and usefulness? Well, I spin on decisions, on scheduling, on other stuff. And do I really have faith about these things or am I functional agnostic? You know, do I have pockets of agnosticism? What, what, what does that mean? Well, A means without and gnostic means knowledge. Like, I'm without knowledge if God will care for me in these areas. You know, I, I totally, I trust God with my food because I was beaten down and I had no other option. And God has really cared for me in this area. But have I surrendered in other areas? No, I haven't. And those areas are not so quiet, I got to say. So what's the answer? Trust this power. Trust the power. Trust God. Do I trust and do I rely or am I like a little, you know, chicken with my head cut off running around saying, God, I trust you. But then I just try to figure it out. You know, I get to figure it out of them. So I, God, please set aside what I think I know about all of it. And I have to stop and pause and ask for guidance. And so with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tricia. So we're going to take another list. If you jumped on a little later, we're in uh, We Agnostics, page 49, second paragraph. We have traveled this dubious path. We're just reading that one paragraph. And who would like to share? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So we got Jackie A. That's all I got. Veronica C. I got Veronica. Virginia. Hold on one second. Blanca B. So I got, okay, Blanca. Janae. Gabriel H. Gabriel Sarah H. B. Judith S.P. All right, we got, I think it's Sarah and Judith. Yes. That's going to be it. Sarah, what's what's your uh, first initial? B. B. Sarah B. All right. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to everybody because I'm not the greatest mathematician and adder and subtractor, and, but we got a pretty good list. So, Jackie, yeah, you're up. Hi, Ross. Thank you, everybody. I'm very grateful to be here. I'm Jackie A. from Connecticut, and I've been seeing people in the morning for work at 7, but Fridays I don't go into 8. So um, every day the most important thing in terms of my prayer routine is to say the set aside prayer and i say it in the way that i talk to my god i say god 
help me set aside what I know about you, what I know about me, what I know about others, and what I know about my recovery because I don't know shit. And I tell myself, and I'm very open with my clients, my fellows, my family, that I have to eat my humble pie, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack time, right, when I eat my meals. Um, because I, I'm not God, and I, and I have to remind myself that I can't play God. I'm not God. I'm not a special agent. I'm intelligent, but I'm not the intelligent agent. Um, so I have in here for that paragraph, we agnostics and atheists choose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word. And the last sentence I put in there says, rather vain of us, wasn't. And my note on the side, I circled vain, and I put, God gave me thoughts. I gave God the middle finger by doing, by doing, um, by things to do God's job. Like, I mean, like, I was, I wasn't trusting them. I feel like when, if you've ever been in the car with someone ever who tries to grab the wheel from you, it is one of the most frightening things while driving is to have somebody erratic in the passenger seat. Um, try to take control. And I look at that like I was that person. I was that person either literally trying to jump out of the car when God was driving, um, whether it was on a freeway or whatever, and, and or I was the person that was driving and terrified of somebody else taking control or God being in the passenger seat saying, give me the wheel, give me the wheel. And um, I'm just grateful to my life today, whether it has to do with weight, whether it has to do with um, money management or my job or my relationships or my family life, um, how I show up in service to my fellows, what literature I'm going to read, what my dog's going to behave like. It doesn't matter. Like God's in charge of my day. When I die, I'm not in charge of how that happens either. And so like I just I kind of look at this like where can I turn my life, my will, and my eternity over to God because I didn't do that before program. All I cared about was running away from myself and the food, expelling it from myself, or um, stuffing myself because I was so afraid of the present moment. I'm not afraid anymore, and I'm not resentful anymore. And I'm I, like, I did the steps four times in my um, 15 months of program, and I don't regret that at all. It's like, it's like if I have dirty laundry, I have to do it. If I have a dirty inside. Talk. Thank you, because I don't feel okay. I have to turn it over to God's washing machine. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Jackie. Next up is Veronica C. followed by Ginger C. Hi. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for your service and all on the line today. Um, You know, I was raised with a very strong belief in something greater than myself. In my family, we called it God. And my mother was a strong proponent of speaking of the love that was always, that she wanted to always instill in myself and my siblings. And so I had this very strong foundation. But I also experienced a lot of what appeared to be the exact opposite of what my mother would be speaking about what was to be the the installation of love in all of our hearts. So I had a little bit of confusion, but I still had a strong belief. So when a crisis hit me, uh, the death of two brothers, I I definitely 
had this turning away and thinking, if there was a God, why would this have happened? And, um, you know, it took me a while. It took me six years of seeking because I believe that's when I went into a deep process of spiritually seeking that I finally found myself and a greater version of myself. But I have to say, even though I have been what I would believe practicing a spiritual life for many years, it wasn't until I really got into the program and worked the big book and had a sponsor who was very similar in um, working the big book quickly that I discovered that there was a huge, huge life. It was like a curtain had lifted. It was like walking onto a stage, and you know if you would see a, a comedian in front, and then all of a sudden in the back they might have a curtain that would come up, and all of a sudden all of this rest of the stage would be revealed. Well, that's how I feel it happened for me when I had my awakening. I feel like the whole world opened up. The stage became very present for me. And I started to see that all of these pockets of agnosticism, they were, I didn't see all of them, but I saw the main one that made the difference and that got me abstinent and got me back into what I believe is a more God-driven way of life was when I recognized that the food was out of the, out of the picture, that Veronica had been running the show. And that to me is what changed my entire life, my way of being and living today. Because now it's not just a matter of me having symbols, uh, saying prayers every once in a while, but it's a matter of consistency. It's a matter of Time. being consciously present that there is God in everything. With that, I pass. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. We have uh, Ginger C. coming up, followed by oh. Blanca B.J. Good morning, Russ. Can right. you hear me? Yep, gotcha. Okay, thank you so much. Um, this is Ginger C. Real compulsive overeater. And I'm in Colorado. And these are good tears, you guys. I just had a text that somebody said, Yay, you are here. And I am, you guys. I'm back. It's day five. And I'm just blown away. Anyone who struggles in this food, please call me and don't give up because that's all they've done for a year of hell, eating and dying in this crazy disease that wants me dead. And I love that it says we beg of you to lay aside prejudice. You know, that's where my beginning finally began and I'm still with every beautiful bite, you guys, because that's what it takes. And sometimes it takes us back and it's really painful and it's really hard and it really sucks. But if it's necessary for me to concede to my innermost self that I am a real compulsive overeater and that everything's been smashed today, I have been brought into teachableness. You know, this prejudice, it says, you know, if we don't let go of the old ideas, the results are nil. And my old ideas were I still had to have the food. And I thought I was abstinent because I was skinny and I was in the same pant size for years. But I was still getting effects in so many crazy ways. And this program is life and death. Trust me. And um, 
you've got to be entirely abstinent, and I'm finally broken, and I've been so brought to my knees. And I'm doing it in a way I have never done it before. I have a food plan that is so strict and it is so clear. And I'm so grateful for it because it's saving my life and I know it. But you have to be entirely abstinent. If that slips in sideways, it's going to get you. There's trap doors and you're going to get back into the chocolate cake before you know it. It took me five years, but it happened. And it blew me away when it happened. It was the saddest day of my life. Because not only do we destroy ourselves, but the people we love most around us. So I am so grateful. These tears, this pain, this is not pain. This is just utter amazement that this God just never gives up on me and that this can work for you too, but you got to put the food down completely a hundred percent. And I'm just so grateful to share with you guys and be back. I love you all. Thanks, Ginger. Next up is Blanca BG. Star one, Blanca. Hi. You heard? I'm sorry. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we got you. Good morning. Thank you so much for doing service, and thank you for all my my brothers and sisters in the fellowship. You know, I've, I've been a little sad um, because of, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone, a famous celebrity that uh, I loved very much, I enjoyed very much, uh, committed suicide, and that's been bringing me down a little bit and, and it made me think that I can't help thinking there's a connection between um, addiction and, and depression. You know, I, I've always felt that way. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I just can't help thinking there is. But I'd like to, uh, you know, to go back on track. I, the first thing that happened to me when I came into OA was when I read, it, uh, we'll need a higher power. My heart sank too. And then it was of your choice, higher power of your choice. And that higher power can be anyone, anything. And that made all the difference to me because I was a raised Catholic. Uh, my mom was a devout Catholic, and I would, and I, she made sure we went to as much as we could. Um, there wasn't always a car around to get us there. But, um, you know, and so I'd go to... Uh, confession and I mean I was a little kid or was my confession I stole a pencil you know and I yelled at my little brother but then um when I was about uh, 18 years old I I went to confession and um the uh the priest that I was you know talking to it asked me started asking me some very um embarrassing intimate questions and I was absolutely offended and absolutely horrified and did not answer and left and never went back. That was it. That was it for me. I thought, no, mm-mm. no, that can't be. And I, because I knew he was asking me that to send me on a road of, you know, condemn, you know, condemning me. I knew that. So I, needless to say, ran away from that. Told my mother, and bless her heart, um, she said, well, you're an adult now. That's your choice. I'm sorry to hear that but I could have, I loved her so much for that. She said, you make your decisions now and there, which was not really anything, you know? And then I found a way 
higher power. Someone, you know, doesn't condemn me, doesn't look down on me, doesn't say bad girl, bad Blanca. Oh, it was a revelation and opened the door to recovery. It opened the door to recovery. Just the fact that I wasn't going to be treated like a non-persona because I was what? Human. Wow. And on that, I'll pass. Thanks, Blanca. Next up is Gabe, Gabriel H. And I think we have time for one more. We'll see. Hello, Gabriel H. Compulsive Overeater, Florida. This paragraph has so much in it, and I find myself in it, and I find myself as uh, one of the hard to get to the surrender position people. It took me 46 years just to arrive at the program. And, uh, you know, I find it so interesting that this guy is saying, listen, uh, we beg you to lay aside prejudice even against organized religion. I don't think I've ever had more backstabs and betrayals and slaps in the face in my life that the world gave me because I was always a fat guy. But in organized religion... I got so much of that there that I, I became the most bitter, hardened person against all religions you could ever meet. But I found, as this paragraph says, that there were degrees of things within that. There were individual people. I had to back up and look away from specific hurts and get to this wonderful place of uh no longer being in wholesale condemnation position and instead just be open to letting it all go, understanding that it's number one for my recovery and for my health, but also then for others who are drowning and are in pain and suffering and misery that I could reach a hand down and and say, uh, may I be of service and somehow could I help you? Uh, no matter what I used to think or feel or believe or all these things. It's it's that removal of self, getting out of the way, uh, which is all through the big book and our steps and, and all the things that we talk about. That one prayer that uh, I pray every day. I can't even tell you where it is, but I, I know you all know where it is. It's the one that uh, basically says, you know, God, whatever you need to do so that I can be out of the way and I can be used completely and totally by you uh, to be a blessing to you as my God and to my fellow man because they're hurting and they're suffering. And I I rejoice in that. I also identified so much with the, the one lady who I had experienced, you know, having to start over. I've only got uh, like a week of abstinence, and because of so many of those testimonies, I fearfully, every day as I get tempted to eat something or whatever, uh, see, yeah, I can't do that. I, I don't, if I throw this away, uh, even though I know there's help and I can get right. back up, too, oh, I'm too afraid that I, I wouldn't do it. That's time? Yep. Okay.
Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate it. So we're going to have time for one more share, and that'll be uh, Hello, Sarah Bates. Hello, from New Jersey. Pamela. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I already got a list here. So we have Sarah B. And uh, then uh, we have Judith H. So we only have time for one more share. Actually, about two and a half minutes. Did you ahead, say Sarah, Sarah B? Yeah. Yay. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Um, hi, my name is Sarah B. from Portland, Maine. I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict. And I'm really making the um, effort and surrender to come and be heard and part of this community every third day. I feel like that's important. I got so many nice phone calls when I finally introduced myself after like, I don't know, 20 years of dabbling. (laughs) People were so kind. And um, I don't know, I'm so excited to be talking. I have no idea really even what to say, but I, I really, I want to have stability, happiness, and usefulness. And I get a lot more of that when I surrender to all the higher powers um, that you guys remind me of. And when I surrender to being a part of this community and surrender each moment to letting go of my default ways of handling my life and just stay open to whatever God's grace is that is available for me if I stay open to it. Um, I'm so happy to be on day six of abstinence. Um, I'm surrendering to waking up at six in the morning, to meditating, to writing down my food, to staring at some candles and having quiet time. And um, just thank you. Thank you all. Thanks, Russ. All right, thanks a lot. So we have, we got about a minute and a half. Who who would like to share? Well, not who would like to share. I think Judith SP. Judith, no, hold on. I got I, it's my mistake. Judith, Judith SP has already been in the in the queue here, so if she wants to come on and give us about a minute now that I'm babbling over here. Hi, Russ. This is Judith S.P. in Maryland. God, thank you. Hopefully I can be quick and concise. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your shares. What This resonated to me. I popped into page 568, which is contempt without investigation. I spent my whole life before coming into recovery uh, condemning and looking on everybody's outside, the pretty outfits, the candles lit, the going into the houses of worship and said, man, I'm totally on the outside. What's going on here? And ultimately the food was my God. The food was my temple. And I didn't have any prejudice because I was just totally out of it. And uh, I always looked at everybody, the family, the connection, the going somewhere to be useful. And then what flashed on me is, During times of atrocity, why could people be happy, you know, when they're in bondage, when they're this, when they're that? that. Whoops, okay. Check you out next time. Thank you for letting me share. Bye. Thanks, Judith. Sorry about that. And Judith is going to to be our last share. We thank everyone who shared. Uh, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study and meeting immediately after this closing. Uh, and today's share ID. So 
Friday, December 16, 2022, 7 a.m. meeting is 